0: Well, good morning, and uh, it's nice to see you all out. Thank you for coming uh, this morning. It's a chilly one, so keep your, keep your coat on this morning, and it's nice to see you out. I know it's a little different this week. Uh, we've divided you up into two groups, um, but we want to make sure everybody's kept safe, but we are so pleased that you're here. And for those online watching, um, good morning, and uh, thank you for joining us uh, on our YouTube channel as well, live this morning. Um, just a few announcements, just to give you an idea of uh, what we're going to be doing uh, today, and then... Uh, during the week, God willing as well. Uh, firstly, uh, just a few reminders, I suppose, as we begin this year. Let me say Happy New Year to you all. Um, just a few reminders how we're going to keep each other safe going forward. Uh, just continue to wear your mask, as I said already, throughout uh, the service. And uh, if you can, please, as well, out in the car park, we do appreciate that. If you need to use toilets, front first half of the church, to use this one, the back half... Uh, the back half of the church and in the hall likewise. And so please do that. Um, please follow the one-way system and then when you're outside, please try not to gather in groups, small little huddles. Um, we, we don't want that outside at the moment just with the uh, likelihood of transmission and all that. Uh, so please don't stand in huddles. Um, make sure you're well-spaced and preferably, although not ideal, please make your way to your car as soon as possible just in these n- next few weeks as things are not uh, great out there at the moment. The plan is that we will be here on Wednesday night still. So we will be here on Wednesday evening. That is not uh, split up in our uh, alphabetic order at all. But we will, uh, gobbling willing, be here from 8 o'clock. The first hour, we're going to do two one-hour sessions because it's going to be a half-night of prayer. And so the first hour, we'll use this building, this first half. And then from 9.15, we'll use the hall. And so that's the plan at the, at the present time. But every day that comes past, uh, things seem to be changing. So we will keep you up to date if it does change. But we will be here first hour 8 to 9 in this building. And then from 9.15 to 10.15 in the in the hall. And so that's the plan uh, for Wednesday night. And then next week, uh, gobbling it will be myself all day. And we will be looking at the subject and topic of deacons. Deacons. So uh, that will be the subject next week. In February, we have uh, an AGM as members, uh, and so we will be re-electing and electing deacons, and so this is an appropriate time, we feel, to be talking about that. And so that's next uh, Sunday morning, evening. Uh, And this evening is John Burney. Remember the new earlier time for the group from K to Z to arrive at 6.30, if you're coming out to the in-person gathering. And for those of us who are here this morning, we'll be watching online. Uh, That will be streamed again from half six. So that's the plan, Uh, and I want to just say congratulations as well to uh, Andrew and Louise of the birth of their daughter, uh, Eloisa Keyes, born on Wednesday. Congratulations to you guys, and we pray God's richest blessing on your family at this time. That's all uh, the announcements for now. But I want to to begin, really, in Psalm 89. I think this is a wonderful psalm that we will be able to connect with the the sermon that we are going to be looking at in a minute, the passage that we're going to be looking at in a minute in Acts 13. But turn to uh, Psalm 89, please, just for a moment, just the first verse, as we set our hearts to worship this morning. Psalm 89. Psalm 89, verse 1. I will sing of your steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Last week uh, we didn't didn't we talk about the faithfulness of God in the past year in twenty twenty. And as we arrive into twenty twenty one, and this first Sunday, this first day of the week Again, we are reminded and we can, in our hearts, although maybe not verbally this morning, we can sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. And what is our mission? What is our calling? Is to make known his faithfulness to all generations, to all generations. Well, let's listen to this first hymn together. This first song, which will be on the screen, which is God, the Uncreated One. Thanks. remember uh, Jonathan Ray actually coming to college and introducing that hymn to us as you're playing it to us in our class and uh, I remember mean, it struck a note with me then how a wonderful uh, hymn that is of adoration and praise to our God and I pray that has been an encouragement to you as you listened and read those words this morning. Let's pray and continue to uh, worship and adore our God as we come to him in prayer. Let's pray together. Father even those words that you are the uncreated one. Father, no one created you, no hand created you, no person did you, you are everlasting, you are eternal. And we are so thankful that we come to this morning a Father and a, and a Lord that is just like that, who has always been and will always be, who is never changing, who is always the same, even when the, ra- the world around us is changing every day. We have a God who is faithful and steadfast and loving. And this morning we come to you. And we give you thanks and we praise you for who you are. Lord, we have been reminded already this morning from the Psalms that you are steadfast, that you are a Lord of love, and that our desire and our mission always will be to make your faithfulness known to all generations. And so, Father, this morning we do come in and we do realize that as we think about uh, you, our Heavenly Father, and your perfection, we immediately think about our imperfection, our sin, thing that we, things we have done wrong, the things that we have uh, done that have gone against your will and your way even this week, things that we haven't done that we should ought to have done. And this morning we bow before you, humbly coming before you, a merciful and loving God, and we do confess our sin before you. Pray that you would forgive us. Lord, that you would wipe away all unrighteousness and that we would, this morning, know what it is to have freedom in Christ. Know what it is to know in the beginning of this week your forgiveness and your mercy and your love. And this morning as we come into worship, we want to do that with clean hearts and minds. And So Lord, we do ask that you would help us and that you would take our sin away. Lord, we do think of those around us, those whom we love and those whom we miss from being here this morning. Those who are unable to be here because of ill health. Those who are isolated this time. Those who are unwell. Lord, we do pray for those who have tested positive with COVID even in these last number of days and weeks. We do pray that they would know your hand uh, upon them, that they would know a strengthening in their own body, that they would make full recoveries, each one of them, be with their families and protect them also as they isolate together. Lord, we do pray for those folks whom we love, who are at this time unable even to see family. We pray for uh, Edie and Maddie and we pray for Noreen and Willie Robert Best and Alec and others who are in the home at this time. We pray that they would know your presence. Maybe they would even, uh, at some point, be able to even listen in to our services or on CD and be encouraged by that. Lord, we thank you that we are able to pray for one another and we love doing so. Thank you that you do know each of our needs every single day. And we do thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Even on this first day of the week, this morning. And we pray that we would rest in your arms this morning, that we would know your presence with us by your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would speak to us by your word as we study it together in just a few moments' time, that we would be challenged and encouraged at the beginning of this year as we start out on a year that we are very uncertain about, a year that we have just passed has been a year that we've never expected, but yet we serve and we worship a God who is in control and knows every moment of every day and everything that's going to happen in this year, and so we trust you. But we pray that you would equip us at the beginning of this year, that you would set our hearts and our eyes on you, and that we would set out in this year, in our lives, and as a church, with the aim that we would serve the purposes of God in our generation. So help us do that, we pray, and guide us continually through our service as we continue in worship, we ask in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, before we do read and uh, study God's word together, we're going to listen to a hymn that we played a while ago now, which is another wonderful hymn uh, by the Gettys, "Holy Spirit, Living Breath of God." And This is really a prayer, and so let's listen and read the words as we uh, just before we come to open God's word together. let us turn to uh, God's Word together. Acts 13 is where we are uh, this morning. And as you go there, let me just uh, say a few things. Um, Our reading today is uh, actually set in a time when uh, Paul and Barnabas are in a place called Antioch. You may have heard of Antioch. And they, in that place, are in a synagogue, proclaiming to and teaching the people... um, in actually many respects, reminding them actually as they do that of all that God has done in history. From the time of Israel's bondage, if you just look over Acts 13 and gaze your eyes down, you'll be able to see uh, various different names and places and people. And Paul and Barnabas reminds the people that they are talking to about Israel's bondage in Egypt, the wilderness, the judges, The prophets Saul, David, John, just John the Baptist, and of course, Jesus. And almost like a timeline that they are showing them and showing them and teaching them and and telling them at this point in the synagogue. And it's a wonderful short account. I'd encourage you to read the whole chapter when you go home. But as I've said already, it's almost a reminder of God's redemption in history. A people of Various kinds, various men, various women. Raised up by God to pave the way for his only son, Jesus, so that he may redeem many more people to himself. Almost the plan of God being revealed in some measure. But today I want to mainly focus on one verse in this chapter, of uh, chapter 13 of Acts. And that verse has come to me in 2020 many times, actually. It is something that I've memorized, something that has uh come to mind and been I've been returned to actually many times during the year. A verse that has cropped up also many times in our elders' Bible studies which we've had um throughout the years to, throughout the year together. And I want to read it to you now and it's verse 36 of Acts 13. For David After he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep. Let me read it again. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep. Now we're going to look at the verses a little bit around it in a minute. I'll give you some context. But this is where we're going to be today. And So let's pray first and then we'll, we'll get stuck in. Fathers, that him that we listened to said, Holy Spirit, living breath of God, speak new life into my willing soul. Lord, we pray this morning that would be the case, that your Holy Spirit would speak into our hearts and lives at the beginning of this year. Those who are listening online, those who are here present, may everyone be blessed by your word. May we be challenged and equipped. May our eyes be fixed on Christ. This morning and as we move into this week and into this year, we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me ask you one important question, okay, one important question. We're going to actually deal with a few questions today, but in this sermon called Purpose Driven People, let's ask a first question, which is this. When you die, what is going to be written on your headstone? Now you say, wow, what a wonderful way to start 2021. (laughs) I told Sarah what I was going to read and what I was going to preach on, she that's a, that's a tough start to 2021. But let me ask that question again, okay? Because it's serious and it, and it sets up where we're going. What is going to be written on your headstone when you die? Now think about this for a moment. Lest the Lord returns, we will experience death. So what are the people who love you and whom you love, what are they going to inscribe on your headstone as a sort of epitaph, if you like, as a memory a reminder of who you were and what your life stood for. What are they going to put on it? Well, I can't imagine a greater epitaph, a greater memory, a greater reminder than the one we've just read. Than the one we just read. Imagine having a statement inscribed on your headstone, he served the purposes of God in his generation or she served the purposes of God in her generation could there be any better maybe it would be similarly to this Philippians 1 21 for me to live as Christ and die as gain those things these two are, ma- are married almost together what an incredible thing it would be for those things to be written after we had gone well David received just that the Apostle Paul said it here, proclaimed it amongst a large Jewish audience here in the synagogue. Luke then penned it for millions, maybe billions, well, probably actually, billions of people for, uh, to read. And now we sit here, first Sunday in 2021, and we read it. We read about David's life. What people saw in David, in his life. That he served the purposes of God in his generation but let's break up this verse and ask a few questions of it. Firstly, what does it mean to serve the purposes of God? That's, that's a big question. What does it mean to serve the purposes of God? It's one thing saying it and saying, that's wonderful. We'd have that written. But actually, for us, what does that look like? What does it mean for us to serve the purposes of God? Well, let me start by saying this. The people whom God raises up from generation to generation are meant mainly to serve the purpose of God in their generation. So those who God calls and raises up, every generation, and many of us here this morning and those listening online, your purpose, if you've been looking for it in your life and don't know it yet, is to serve the purposes of God in your generation. Now, please realize that if I talk about people serving the purposes of God, by people I also mean the church. And so it's not just you on your own have to do it, although that is true, that God will call you to ministry where he has placed you in your life. But as a church, as a body, we are also called to serve God's purposes in this generation. Now, there's no doubt that over the centuries, God has willed to use the ministry of individuals and, of, and churches long after they're gone. I mean, you could probably think of some faithful people in your life some faithful people in the history of this church and their ministry in many ways continues. See, the work that is done by those individuals and churches often does have ripple effects right through decades and generations. However, this idea, the idea of leaving a legacy, as important as that is and and as important as maybe to concentrate on at some point, it shouldn't actually be the burden of our ministry. I need you to understand that. <clears throat> it's not the burden of our ministry. This is not the focus, the aim, or the main thing about our lives, about our ministry. Oh, it's good. It is really important that we consider how we minister, what we do, and how that impacts our kids and our uh, loved ones and our church, of course, how it impacts the next generation and what legacy we are leaving. But that's not our sole purpose. If it was, if that was the single focus for you, then maybe we've missed the target. I think if we have lost focus on that, then we've also lost focus on the most important, most vital thing, which is this. Living lives today in this generation that serve the purposes of God. That's a whole different story. See, David's life goes on today, doesn't it, through the pages of the Psalms. We've read a psalm this morning. Yet thousands of years later, we are reading those things that he wrote and how they challenge and encourage us daily. And David, even more wonderfully, continues through his seed, through Jesus. And those things continue to ripple even more powerfully through every generation. But this wasn't David's primary concern. His primary concern, obviously, was to serve the purposes of God in his life, in the life that he'd been given, in that time that he'd been given. That point in God's redemptive history when David lived, his purpose and his aim and his focus, his desire, was to serve his people. Now, a little later, we'll look at what some of the purposes of God are. But before that, let me ask a second question as we set the stage for just that for looking at the purposes of God. The second question is, what does it mean to serve the purposes of God in our generation? What does that mean, in our generation? Well, the truth is, we can't serve God in any other generation except our own. That's the reality, isn't it? Can't go back. Can't move forward into a new generation. You may want to, but that's just wishful thinking. We cannot bring the past Back, ministry must always be done in the context of our current generation and our current culture. Whether we like it or not, we must minister to people in our culture as it really is, whatever it looks like, however good or bad it looks. See, David's ministry was both relevant, wasn't it, and timely. He did it in his generation, we read here in verse 36. He served God's purposes which are of course eternal. We talked about this a little bit last week, <clears throat> we touched on it, didn't we? God's purposes are eternal. They are unchanging. It doesn't change his mind. He has set those things in place and they are of course transformative. And David strived to do these things in his generation. And if you think about it, David lived in a contemporary context in his day. It was contemporary. It wouldn't be today if David was here. He would think, well, where we are is very contemporary in comparison. But for him, he was serving the youngest of generations. And he served the timeless, which is God and Yahweh. He served the timeless in a very timely way. Another way to think about this is that we could use or have used, should we say, even this morning right now, use new mediums, for example, our live stream. Many of our folks, many of our church family are enjoying this this morning, being able to enjoy and join us like this. And we are using that timely medium, but we are preaching a timeless message. It's timeless and it's transformative, the message of Jesus Christ. You see, as I said last week, we have the the perfect, eternal, complete revelation of God, complete revelation of God. It's in our hands, it's in our hearts, it's in our minds, I hope. And this will never change. This here will never change. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can come against it. It will be forever. However, the avenues in which we share this are changing and have changed, especially in our generation. Right now, we are in the biggest communication shift in 500 years. Let me just tell you a quick historical fact. In 1455... Johannes Gutenberg invented the movable printing press. Some of you will probably know this. On which it was thought that the first book was printed. And that first book, well, it was a Latin Bible. That's what they say. That is what history tells us. And Gutenberg discovered and utilized a timely medium to communicate a timeless message to the people of his day. And covid Where we are today have actually forced us as a people, as a church, to think of new ways to share God's timeless message. But yet some sadly think, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Or, this is the way we have done it, so why change? But that doesn't always fit into the biblical model here of serving the purposes of God in our generation. See, we need to wake up to the reality that the current generation is not the same as the one that has passed. They don't necessarily think the same. They don't necessarily do the same. They don't necessarily live the same. Our challenges are different. And our challenge as a church, as a people, is to think biblically, firstly and most importantly. We need to think wisely then and creatively as well about how we bring this timeless message, how we present the life-changing message of the gospel to a lost and dying world, those who are just miles less maybe away from us. And if you like, David was both orthodox and he was contemporary, wasn't he? He was both biblical and relevant, and we must be the same. We must be contemporary without compromising the gospel, without compromising the truth within our generation. Let me read A.W. Tozer, and then let's get stuck into the purposes of God as we dive around the Bible a little bit to see what some of the purposes of God are. Let me read A.W. Tozer to you for a minute. Listen to this. This is written a long time ago. To fall asleep before we have served our generation is nothing short of tragic. It is good to sleep at last, as all our honored fathers have done, but it is a moral calamity to sleep without having first labored to bless the world. No man has any right to die until he has put mankind in debt to him. No man has any moral right to lie down on the earth till he has wrought to take something of the earth out of the hearts of man. Till he has helped to free men from the tyranny of the same earth and pointed them to that kingdom that will abide after the heavens and the earth are no more. Even that idea of living for the purposes of God and living on this earth and in our time that we would take something of the earth out of man's heart and we would instill in them and help them to realize there is something eternal. There is something more precious than anything in this world. Now, probably spent too much time here, but let's consider now the third question, which is this. What are the purposes of God? Now we haven't got enough time uh, in this year probably even to do all of this. But let me give you four, okay? This is not an exhaustive list. I always say that this is not exhaustive. These are just four things that have come to my mind uh, and have come straight out of the text, straight out of the Bible. The first one is this, the great commandment. The great commandment, that has to be the, a purpose of God. In Matthew 22, let's, let's go there, shall we? If you've got the Bible, let's just turn back, please, uh, to Matthew 22 as we just look at this together. Matthew 22, and verses 37 to 38. And we see the great commandment. Matthew 22, 37, 38. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Let me say this. Love for God, our love for God, is the wellspring of our Christian lives and our ministry. Think about that for a moment. Our love for God is the wellspring of our Christian life and of our ministries, both individually and corporately as a church. Now that may seem obvious, but it seems for all of us, myself included, that we forget this Simple reality sometimes. Our hearts should be a deep well full of love for our God, for our heavenly Father. And out of that comes, yes, love, and it comes devotion and comes service towards a God who has given us everything in His Son. But how often, even as we begin 2021, we want to fill up those lives? We want to fill up our hearts, if you like, in, in some way. With so many things other than this. Other than this great command to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, souls, and mind. And we so fill it up sometimes with so much. That actually our relationship with God is often the first thing to suffer. But here's what we're instructed to do. Clearly, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul and mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And for us, I remember Len speaking on this last year. It's really impossible, isn't it? You say what? You say the command is impossible. Let me clarify for a moment. The command is impossible if we try and accomplish this in and of ourselves. We try and work up something in ourselves of our own power to fulfill this command, we will be desperately lost as we try and achieve it. See, we desperately need help from outside of ourselves and that help is called the Holy Spirit who lives within us. In and of ourselves, our hearts are prone, or should I say, our hearts are not prone, maybe that's a better way to say it, our souls are too weary our minds are too consumed to love god this way that's why we need saved that's why we talk about saved being saved that's why we need to be transformed that's why god calls us new creations when he calls us to himself when we come to faith he recreates us he changes our hearts he gives us a heart transplant Yes, the Christian isn't perfect, even from the first point when we turn to Christ, when he calls us. And never will Christians be perfect. We never assume we are. But God, by his Holy Spirit, is conforming. That's a word that we we use. He is molding and transforming us into the likeness of his Son, into the likeness of Jesus. He does that all the time. He teaches us through seasons, through the lows and the highs, the joys and the trials, the victories and the losses through 2020 and 2021. And he will continually sanctify us and transform us. And one day when we reach glory, then we will be like Christ and only then. Well, secondly, let me put this up here as well. We've seen, as I've just said, the great commandment. But in your mind, I'm sure you're thinking also this second thing, which is the great commission. The great commission. This is obviously a purpose of God for his people. If we are to serve the purposes of God in our generation, then this is one of those purposes. Note that the emphasis of the great commission is on making disciples. Disciples. This is Matthew 28. So if you're still in Matthew uh, 22, then you can just flick over a few pages to Matthew 28, 19 and 20, and I'm going to read this to you. And this is what it says. You know it? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now, Jesus didn't say, did he? Go into all the world and have people raise their hands. He did not say go into all the world and have people fill up the church building with seat warmers. He didn't say those things. He said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And that, my friends, requires a sustained and intensive investment of your life and of my life. Make disciples. For us as the church, this must remain a core part of our mission of our ministry in this generation i pray that this purpose of god will be in some way played out maybe even strong more strongly in this year as we launch eventually the ministries that we are putting in place men's and women's the uh, equip ministry which we're going to name the men's ministry and flourish for women whenever they will be able to start which is not going to be January but gobbling in the next number of months we pray that this in some way for us will be an opportunity for us to commit ourselves to each other in a greater way than we have been doing even and to pursue life on life discipleship if you like through meeting together in these settings to apply God's word and pray with one another to carry each other's burdens. And our desire is that we would see disciples raised up, men and women, everyone, raised up and challenged in God's word. For some of them, for some of you who will attend, you will be challenged, I'm sure, by God's word, how to apply that practically in your life. My prayer is that through the years we will see men also coming to faith and women coming to faith, men and women being baptised and added to the church here in KBC. And the great commission is for us to go out and make disciples. To make disciples. That's the purpose for us in this generation, not just for the church leaders, but for every one of us. Thirdly, then let's see the great, the great requirement, the great requirement. Turn to Micah six if you have a Bible. Open again, let's just continue to Micah 6, Micah chapter 6, and let's look at the great requirement. What does God, what does the Lord require of us as we pursue the purposes of God? That's an interesting question, isn't it? What does the Lord require of us as we pursue the purposes of God? Micah 6 and verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. John Stott, uh, you'll know the name. He's a well-known Presbyterian minister and theologian. Well, he was asked a question a long time ago. He was asked a question. This is the question. What would you say if you were speaking to this generation? That was the question that was posed to John Stott. What would you say if he was speaking to this generation. Well, Mr. Stott said two things. Embrace personal holiness and remember social justice. Embrace personal holiness and remember social justice. Well, we know, I hope, what personal holiness means. But what did he mean by remember social justice? Well, social justice is simply Fairness as it manifests in society. That includes fairness in healthcare and employment and housing and many more areas of our society. And we have to know that discrimination and social justice are not compatible. So what I think John Stott was healthily saying here is that we must be in agreement. We must be in harmony between our words and our deeds. We can't just say one thing and do another. We can't be a people who sit here or as I stand here and I talk to myself here and say things and yet don't do them or do even worse the opposite to them. You see, agreement and harmony between our words and our deeds actually brings a witness that has integrity. We must understand that the precious and powerful gospel message that we love and we cherish, it will never be heard by the world as good news if its messengers are bad news. Great requirement. What does the Lord require of us? What do we need to experience and practice in order to be usable for the purposes of God in our generation? Personal holiness. Kindness. Justice. What do we read here, Micah? Humility. Humble yourselves before God and his purposes and generosity also here. We see coming through the text. Let's move on to number four. The great cost. The great cost. There is a great cost. And I suppose this is a product of living out the purposes of God. I know it's a slight sideline here, but let me put this in at the end. There's a great cost in living out the purposes of God. Turn to Mark 8, please, with me. Mark 8. Mark chapter 8. Verse 34 and 35. <clears throat> Mark 8, 34 and 35. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Well, then later, actually, in Mark 10, 43, you will read this. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And if you want to pursue the purposes of God and his kingdom, if we want to pursue the purposes of God and his kingdom, we must learn to be servants of all. You see, service requires sacrifice. If you want to serve God's purposes this year, you have to start out this year realizing that it is going to cost you. It's going to cost you the things that you cherish that are illegitimate in your life. Those things need to be killed off so that you can serve the purposes of God in this year. I'm not saying it It's sacrifice at the cost of family or spouse or children. No, no, no. But it's going to cost you something in your life. It's going to require that you, maybe in this year, strike a new balance in your life. You kill off, you reprioritize all the things in your life. So that actually service and serving the purposes of God in your life in 2021 is up there. You give of your time and your energy and your life and your, your finances, whatever it may be. It's going to cost. It's going to require sacrifice. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a pastor and theologian from the first half of the 20th century, wrote this. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. The old life has been put to death continually we put that old life to death those priorities that we had before are no longer to, to live and exist in our life and every day we take up our cross and we put those things to death I forget who it was that said it I didn't write this down but I've just come to mind it says be killing sin or it'll be killing you it could be Stott who said that and that's the reality in your life it's the reality in my life we don't kill that off it's going to kill us And service is going to require sacrifice in many, many areas of your life. Service will cost you everything. I suppose the question is, when we read this passage in Mark, is the approval of the world more important to you than the approval and affirmation of Jesus? Is acceptance and honor and comfort and safety your number one priority? Is that your goal for you in your life, if... Jesus, by his spirit, calls you or is calling you to serve wherever and whatever it is, will your answer in 2021 be yes? As a church, whatever God is leading us through into this year, however impossible it may seem, what will our answer be to that same question? Service requires sacrifice, not from a few but from all who call him Lord. But as we finish, let me say one more thing. Go back to Acts 13. If uh, your finger is still in there, that's great. Acts 13 and 36. For David, after he served the purposes of God in his own generation fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption, David died. David died. Every earthly life has an expiration date. God knows when it begins, from that first heartbeat to the last. And as I said a few weeks ago, one in one person dies. How we live counts for God's glory. And his kingdom. But who we live it for is most important. See, Paul makes it crystal clear here, doesn't he, that David in his, well, we know, don't we, his failures and his victories, he died. He lived his life for the one, for God, Yahweh for God, the one who never failed, who never experienced complete and utter corruption. Look at verse 35 of this chapter 13 in Acts. It says, "Therefore he says also in another psalm, "You will not let your holy One see corruption. That's Christ. He will not see corruption." Look at verse 37. At the back of what we've just read this morning and studied. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. But yet right in the middle of those two verses we see a man, yes, his life was lived for the purposes of God. But actually the thing that surrounded him and the thing that he served and the one he served in his life was Christ. The one who God raised up. The one who did not see corruption. That is the focus of our life. He has given us life. That is who we serve. That is the one whom we serve as we live out the purposes of God. Everything around us, even our life, we, we will know that it will cease to exist here on earth in the years to come. But if we live it for the purposes of the one who is incorruptible, the eternal, everlasting Savior, Jesus, then our lives have not been wasted. What is going to be written on your headstone when you're gone? I wonder if the cemeteries across this island will be filled with the epitaph that says he or she served the purposes of God in their generation. For me to live Christ and die again. And this year, 2021, let's submit, the beginning of this year, to God's purposes, to these four and many others that we read in God's word and pursue them with every breath and every day that we have and everything we possess that he's given to us. And let God use our feeble efforts, for that's what they are. May he use our feeble efforts for his glory and for the extension of his kingdom in our generation. Let's pray. Father, we humbly bow before you and submit our lives yet again and commit and surrender our lives to you at the beginning of this year and Lord we do desire that our lives would be lived for the purposes of God in this generation not the past not the future but now so take our efforts change our hearts move us. we pray that 2021 would be a year where you are glorified because we, your people, are serving your purposes. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's listen to this uh, hymn and then we'll eat and drink together after that.
1: There's no